0: Bye. What's up, peeps? We're back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast edition of the AEW Insider. As you can hear, I'm losing my voice, so I apologize. But you know, I got to bring you the wrestling news. I do whatever I can to bring the good news to you guys, because I love you. So we got we had the AEW Revolution pay-per-view. I have the results in my opinions. I got a lot of AEW news, which is great for once, because this is the AEW Insider. We got some good WWE story. There's a new Ring of Honor champion. The Sandman from ECW is fucking up. Let's get to the show. AEW Revolution. The kickoff show had the Dark Order versus SCU. In the end, the Dark Order did win which I agree with because it matches the current storyline going forward and plus their leader is going to be showing up so you can't have them really taking a loss you want them looking strong at the end of the match the creepers attacked SCU Coca Bana's music hit out of, anywhere, out of nowhere, anywhere. Uh, Colt ran to the ring, and he made some saves until it, the numbers were too much for them, and they beat him up. Then the Dark Order's Exalted one came out of nowhere, but come to find out, it was actually SCU's, Christopher Daniels, dressed in a robe. It was a pretty good match. It wasn't great, but it was all right. After that, to kick off the show, <clears throat> I apologize, we did have Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. In the end, Jake Hager did tap Dustin Rhodes out. The match was so so, but it wasn't that great. After that, we had Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Darby Allen pulled out the win, which we knew was going to happen. That guy's going to be AEW champ sometime. It was a good match. These two are young talents, and they can move. I love when Darby shows off his quickness. It was a great showing for both of them. After that, what I think the match of the night was, was the AEW Tag Championship. We had Adam Hangman Page and Kenny Omega against the Young Bucks. At the beginning of the match, it was crazy. These guys did so much storytelling during the match, it was amazing. Hangman Page at the beginning spit in the Bucks' face like it was fucking nuts. But in in the end... Uh, excuse me, Page and Omega retain their titles. And people are talking about how great the storytelling was. And plus that, finally, Kenny Omega, like New Japan, the Kenny Omega we've been waiting for in AEW, showed up last night. Check it out if you haven't seen it. I did post it on Twitter and our Facebook. It was a great fucking match. AEW's best match of the year. After that, unfortunately, though, we had a slowdown. We had the AEW Women's Championship match. It was the champ Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. And Nyla Rose kept her belt, and it was just a horrible fucking match. After that, what I was hoping would be the match of the night, even though it was for me, like personally, because I wanted this to happen, yada yada, but it was MJF versus Cody Rhodes. It sucked though, because it was very, very slow to match, but I knew it, and I told you motherfuckers, I've been telling you, that my dog MJF would take home the win, and he did. It was fucking awesome. Uh, and, the, and Cody did reveal a pretty big-sized neck tattoo last night. It's of his American Nightmare Family logo, which I love the logo. The tattoo's done very well, but it's a little bit too big for my taste. But anyway, my dog MJF is still undefeated, and he beat Cody Rhodes. After that, we had Pac versus Orange Cassidy. In the end, Pac did win, which I knew he was going to win. We all did. But what I wanted to happen, happened. This match kicked ass and fucking Orange Cassidy got to show off that he can actually wrestle and he's not all gimmick. It was one of the better matches of the night. And finally, we had the AEW Championship match. It was Jon Moxley versus La Champion, Chris Jericho. In the end, Jon Moxley actually beat Chris fucking Jericho. It was a surprise to me, a surprise to a lot, but I do have the reason why it happened, which we'll get to in a bit, so definitely stay tuned. But it was a solid match, but it could have been way better. I loved that Mox 1, but I felt it was too soon, too given the belt, but like I said, I will explain why. Overall, the pay-per-view was pretty solid. It wasn't one of their best, but it was definitely worth the price of admission. After the pay-per-view while talking to the media, John Moxley offered Cody Rhodes a shot at his AEW title. We know that Cody can't try to, uh, challenge for the title, but being offered a shot is obviously the loophole around it. Mox was asked who he wants to fight. He pretty much said, if you get into the ring with me, I'm going to win, and you're going to get fucking hurt. He said, especially I want to fight Cody, though. He said, I don't want to beat everybody on the roster and be hearing you never beat Cody because of his situation. Me, myself, personally, I can't wait for that barn burner to take place. All right, peace. we got to pay the bills. so We're going to take a break real quick. Got to, you know, soothe my throat a little bit. We'll get back to the show. I got a good, good show, so come back. All right, peeps, welcome back. Let's get back to the show. Ex-La Champion gave props to Bill Goldberg. He tweeted, Congrats to my bro Goldberg for winning the WWE Championship once again. Some don't get it, but those who understand this business understand that Bill equals big money. Who's next? Now, like I said, I do know why Jericho lost his title, and this is what's being said backstage, and it is a fact. Jericho is doing an overseas tour this summer, and it must be with his group Fozzie. Because of that, with him losing now, it was a surprise. If he had a pay-per-view or a title shot, you know, somebody going for his title right before we knew he was leaving for his summer tour, then it would be too obvious. So even though I think it was too soon for Mox to win the belt, I understand why. Also, Brandy Rhodes announced that she will be managing a new AEW tag team. It is made up of QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. They're being called the Natural Nightmares. Back to Cody's new tattoo. Social media has been a buzz. A lot of good and a lot of bad. I thought what Brian Pillman said about it was great. Pillman said, well, Brian Pillman Jr. Pillman said, Simple. He's wearing it on his neck so it's always visible. It can't be covered up easily. It's symbolic of him going all in on his brand and his company and not having a backup plan. It means he's literally got his neck on the line for AEW and his family. Skin in the game. Cody also revealed his big plan on why he was buying up all old WWE trademarks. I reported for about a year now he's been buying up all the old trademarks he can get and WWE was starting to get a little bit pissed off. And he there was also asked about him using Bash at the Beach a couple months ago and uh, WWE wanted to sue them. Cody said, it's a legal nightmare. This is AEW's first Bash at the Beach and it might be AEW's last. WWE is not particularly happy about all the trademarks I have acquired. Trademark law is actually basic. It's basic everywhere except wrestling. Wrestling there's this idea if you buy something and you let it lapse, it's still yours. That's the spoils of war. Wrestling legitimately had a war between WCW and WWE actually won. The amount of bad fallout that came from it is so much larger than the good stuff. Does WWE do a good job as custodian of history? Absolutely. The network has done well and they do some stuff well. But there's a lot of stuff that they didn't take care of and they do let lapse. Anything that was connected to my dad especially, I wanted to pick up. I don't know what my grand play is here. I just wanted to pick it up and have it for my family. I'm not making any money off of it. I think my grand scheme was I was going to get as many things to irritate WWE, and they were just like, here, you can have Starcade. Because Great American Bash and Starcade are 100% Dusty's, my father's. I would have had those at 100 Slamboree's. That's pretty deep, peeps. Last night, AEW announced their next pay-per-view will be called blood and guts it has been revealed that they will have a war game style type match in it you see cody will not be stopped from using things his father invented i love it dustin rose did an interview with the new york post and he was asked about luke harper and matt uh, hardy possibly joining aew one day he said i think they bring creativity Harper, man, he's incredible. I worked with him many times with the Wyatt family. Me and Cody did. He knows his stuff. He's not some greenhorn in the business. He can help people. He can take it to new heights and he can get them there. At the same time, getting himself over. If he had a company that would just allow him to do so, And Matt Hardy, if he comes here, my God, he's been through so many different variations on YouTubes and things like that with WWE. He's so creative in all the things that he does, uh, we could do so many things with him. It's going to touch base if we actually get a hold of these guys. And finally, Tony Khan was asked about AEW's one-sided relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Khan stated, They're a great company and a lot of my guys have worked there. I have no problem with those guys as long as it's not interfering with what we do. Uh, There's some flexibility that we have in this company. It's been fine for me. It doesn't really bother me. And it hasn't really been a two-way street though. I haven't seen a lot of their guys here. Don't hear from them often. If New Japan is watching, you're welcome from all the great stuff I've done for you. If you want to send somebody here to work, I would treat them respectfully like you guys treated my guys. Generally, my guys have worked there, and New Japan has done right by them. Alright, peeps, we're going to come back. We got WWE news. I'll tell you who the new Ring of Honor champ is, tell you about the Sandman, and I'll let you enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll be right back, peeps. Ciao. All right, Peace, we're back. Let's finish up this show. WWE. In shocking news, WWE has canceled the men's elimination chamber match. They're still going to have the women's match and a tag team chamber match, but not the men's. That's fucked up. And remember, we will be there this Sunday. I will be covering the whole pay-per-view, the event, going to Geno's after all that. So definitely stay tuned to our podcast to hear about it and go to our YouTube to see footage. Well we all know that John Cena returned on Friday night and we know he chose to face The Fiend backstage. And I mean by backstage because we know backstage John Cena got to pick what he wanted to do at WrestleMania. And even though it played out like it did on TV, he chose The Fiend. He actually drew WWE's highest ratings for SmackDown so far this year. I reported months ago that Booker T was suing the video game company Activision. The lawsuit is because he feels they use his likeness of his GI bro gimmick in a a game they had a while ago. I myself think so looks just like Booker T and so does the judge. The judge gave okay for the case to move forward. The judge pretty much said because of a side-by-side comparison of the works identified in the plaintiff's complaint, there is sufficient evidence for this case to move forward. So that's awesome. Ring of Honor. A new Ring of Honor champion was crowned this weekend. It was a triple threat between the defending champ PCO against Rush and Mark Haskins. Rush was able to best both of them, and Rush is now your new Ring of Honor heavyweight champ. And finally, legend—excuse me, XECW legend The Sandman is in a little hot water after the way he acted during an Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling show Friday night. The company actually posted a statement online and this is what they said on Friday 20 excuse me on Friday February 21st 2020 we held our three year anniversary show at the Space Coast Convention Center in Cocoa Florida Uh, pulling the curtain back to let the world know. That uh, they were actually the original scheduled match was the Sandman versus Shannon Moore versus Chico Adams versus Vertico for the Next Level Championship. It was scheduled to go anywhere from twelve to fifteen minutes. The Sandman was so drunk and botched the finish, he ended the match in under three minutes. He then proceeded to grab the microphone and go on a drunken, unscripted rant and tried to play matchmaker. That night, he also called the town Orlando when he was actually in Cocoa, Florida. And aside from the many backstage problems, including sexually harassing some of the female talent, uh, he also insulted some talent on the card, and he caused damage to the venue itself. He nearly got into a backstage altercation with some other talent. Unprofessional is an understatement with his drunken behavior. Needless to say, we will never work with the Sandman again. Enjoy insane. Alright, peeps, like I said, you know, we're going to the Elimination Chamber this sum, uh, Sunday, so check us all out. I apologize about the voice, but I could not let you peeps down, so uh, thank you for sticking by me, man. Alright, I'll be back in a couple of days with a show before we go to the pay-per-view, and we'll go from there. Remember to check us out on all major podcasting platforms, Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider. Check out my boys on Jabber Jabber Wrestling Universe, and uh, tweet at us at AEW Insider 1. Ciao, peeps.